Welcome to the Turn Up, Turn Down podcast. I'm John. With me is Eric. What's up, man? What's going on? Nothing much. This week, we're doing something a little different. Yeah. We're going to do a Turn Up, Turn Down episode. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have some topics, and Eric and I are just going to, we're going to turn them up or turn them down. If we like them or we don't like them. Yeah, you'll feel it. Let's go. All right. All right, first topic, parallel compression, turn up or turn down. I'm going to turn that one all the way up, going up to 11 on that one. Uh, always been, I've always been a fan of parallel compression, but just in the last maybe 18 months or so, I've been using it. I now do a subgroup um, and have parallel compression on each subgroup on every single song I mix now. And it just, you can use it in spots, you can use it, you can bring it in and out, you can just... It's a great way to just add energy, and it's like thick and it's punchy. Um, so that's on subgroups, but even individual. I'll, I'll still have individual stuff, snare drums, vocals. I really like it on acoustic, especially if it's like finger picked. Yep. Um, that kind of stuff. Anything with a sharp transient. Yeah. It's good to have. Yeah. Because you can keep all that. Yep. And then also have that like body and nuance stuff underneath it. It just it's always fun. So. Parallel compression, turn it all the way up. Yeah, I'm going to turn it up too. I use it all the time on drums, um, a lot of the times on vocals. There's something like guitars. I don't. I don't typically. It kind I mean, of need it to me. Yeah, I mean, if it there are some applications for electric, but like you said, acoustic it's a great, it's a great thing for it. Yeah. It. I mean, I don't know how it would mix drums if I didn't use some form of parallel compression every now and then. It helps a lot, especially if you're going for something that's like. Um, like a distorted effect or mm-hmm. like to try to trash it up a little bit, yep. but but using compression to do that, mm-hmm. it's too much if you just throw it on the master drum bus. Yeah. It's better to blend that in. Yeah, as, and even a, like to mix it within a plugin or something, mm-hmm. it still sounds better to have it separate. For a long time, I, I didn't like using the mix knob on a plugin yeah. to do, but I would always do it through an aux track. But I'm getting over that. It's just, me too. It's it's like, <laughs> oh, it only took 20 years for me to like be okay with this. Yeah, totally. Like, there's still things I think, especially in the box parallel compression. Uh, you, I feel like, even still with delay compensation, and everything, there's some things that just kind of sound weird to me. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if it's just the plugin that doesn't do it as right. well, or or whatever it is. So I think it's something to still be careful with. As opposed to outboard it with a console, it's like easy and it never sounds phasey or anything weird. Right. But anyway, to say all that, it's still a great, great tool. Now, I know I said I don't use it on electric a lot, but for my pedal board, I, I actually do use on my compressor, I have a dry knob. Oh, yeah. And I, I have it blended in. But that's a. That's different. It is a little different. It's more. Yeah, I, I want it. I do. I want it evened out, but I still want the attack of the transient. Right, or going to. Yeah. Grand. But anyway. Yeah. So, turn it up. All the way. All the way. Next, um, what about multi-miking a sound source, an instrument, whatever it is? So, we're for the for this episode, we're just going to pick one, up or down. <laughs> okay, good rule. Good but rule. But know that that's not 100% on everything. In general, I'm going to turn that down. Okay. I don't mind multi-miking, let's say, a guitar amp or using different... You know, having two 
overheads, you know, like a mono overhead and a stereo overhead or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't mind putting them up and testing it. Yeah. But I'd rather make a decision like right then when I'm tracking which one I'm going to keep. I don't like having 30 options after the fact. It make it drives me crazy because I'm like stuff. I they like if I feel like you don't ever spend enough time getting the phase right, especially for something like drums. Mm-hmm. I'm always like this doesn't sound good because we didn't take any time on it. We just wanted to have options. And you know, I so I I'm going to I'm going to turn it down. I'm going to turn that down. Fair enough. All the way down. I'm- Negative. <laughs> Infinity. Uh, I'm gonna turn it up. It's uh, it's just nice for me to have some options, especially when there's a bad one or something, or just sure. different vibe of the song. You can kind of scene change with stuff, and rather than splitting out a track into different, if you have one acoustic guitar mic, and then you know rather than automating plugins or whatever, you have you know might put it on another track. If you just have another mic, it just makes the process a little easier. Um, Again, some stuff with phase, it's like it's tough. Uh, kick drum in phase, it's not that hard. Just kind of slide it back and forth, but can't tell you how many times. Obviously, snare top and bottom, but people the, seem to miss the kick out a yeah, little more. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I don't know that I consider snare top and bottom to be multi miking. Sure. In the same way, because that's right. two different parts of a sound that sound very different. Yeah, I kind of feel that way about a kick in and kick out too. They're they're used for complete. A kick out can be. A kick in and out. Like, it can be your right. single thing. Right. I guess a kick in can too, but it, it can't get that kick out sound. Right. Sometimes a kick out can get that snap and the punch and all that, and that's all you need. I mean, for um, years, they they mic'd everything yeah, with a kick was out. Yeah, it was all out. <laughs> yeah. so I guess it works. I have the hardest time with kick out, I'll be honest. Mm. I, I, I can't ever seem to decide, like, the low end balance between that and the end mic. It... it, it it's my <laughs> my inability to be a good engineer that's holding me back there. It's because we don't all have a dozen FET 47s to use. Because right. yeah. you throw one of those up and you're like, oh, this is easy. Yeah. Let's just scoop out 240 and everything else sounds <laughs> absolutely perfect. Right. Um, but vocals and stuff, it can be fun. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say yes to, to doing that. Um, getting a, a stereo image of stuff is nice too. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say turn up. All right. Yeah. You don't like making decisions in the moment. I get it. No. <laughs> All right. Mixing with outboard gear in a mostly in the box setting. So if you're in Pro Tools or Logic or whatever, will you send, you know, instead, you know, on a, from an insert, will you send that to an outboard gear? I'm going to say turn up because I do. Okay. That's how, that's part of my mix process um, is some outboard love on the mix bus. Um, I don't do. I don't usually do any on individual tracks. I might go out and print back in or something like that. But um, as far as using as an insert, yes, on every mix I do, I've got an SSL bus compressor that is always there. So, um, yeah, and if if I had a if I had more budget and all that and room sure. and all that kind of stuff, sure. I, I would probably do a lot more just because I enjoy it. I like having my hands on gear, so I'm gonna turn it all the way up. That's so I'm I'm gonna turn it down, but. From a practicality standpoint, yeah. I don't have a ton of gear that I would do it for, and for the for the gear that I do have, it will be a lot of printing back into the track, mm-hmm. you know, because I'd want to use it on something else, you know, and as yep. well, and so it's just like it takes way too much time. And sort of the beauty of mixing in the box is your recall factor. Yeah, you don't Immediate. have yeah. So I'm going to turn it down, but I would do it. If budget wasn't a <laughs> budget wasn't a concern there, <laughs> I guess that's yeah that happens a lot. 
but yeah. So, compressing or processing on your stereo bus. How do you feel about that? I do it. I'm going to turn it up. Okay. I don't go heavy. Um, I don't smash my, you know, meter, like especially if I'm sending it to a, a mastering engineer afterwards. But I do like mixing into a compressor, mm-hmm. knowing how it's how that's going to affect the rest of my stuff. Because I feel like if I've already got it kind of compressed the way I like it compressed, yep. the mastering engineer is not going to smash it to where it messes everything up. They're yep. going to get the idea or the dynamic part isn't going to be such a big deal for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, EQ-wise, I, I tend to always brighten up, you know, my, my master just a little bit, sure. maybe add a little low end, scoop out some mids. Just, you know, real light. I usually Broad use... strokes. Yeah, I usually use, a, like, a Pultec style plug-in, maybe at, like, 12 and 100, you know, just a little boost, and mm-hmm. then somewhere around five or three or somewhere in that range in the middle, just a little bit of a cut. Yeah. You know, and just kind of give it that that sheen. It, it makes a difference when, you know, you know, bypass it and unbypass it. You can hear, oh, that sounds better, but you also don't sound like it's a completely different mix. Totally. <laughs> you know, there's still room to Subtlety, to yeah. work on it. Yeah. So, I yeah, I'll turn that up for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, turning it up. I, uh, I slam, I, if it's like a pop, you know, big thing, busy exciting track i'll slam it pretty hard i don't um i don't put like a brick wall limiter on my stereo bus Mm -hmm. um but i do a couple compressors i have an outboard compressor i do a plug-in compressor a lot of times i'll do like a c6 multi-band compressor Mm -hmm. as well um an eq i usually do more eq on my sub mixes sure i mean that's that's one way to do it Yeah. yeah um on the stereo, and then if there's just that one, you know, just got a little bit too much low mid or something, just barely move that on. But I'm not, I'm not scared to do a lot of stereo bus processing. I, I like imaging, um, the the inflator. I use that. I don't even know what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's probably got a little compression. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but I use I use that a lot. So yeah, trying I try and get the mix sounding exactly, other than volume. Exactly how so I want I, it to I, sound. I I get that. That's yep. a, that's a. It takes a little bit of pressure off of the mastering engineer, but it also mm-hmm. kind of puts them on the spot. Like, what am, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. Know? Well, and then then you're just missing that. You know, all you need to do is make it louder and and uh, there's still it's yeah. not just that dumbed right. down because I can be super happy with a mix and send it off and it still comes back sounding even more blown up and like awesome sounding. Right. So. They're not just turning it up and slamming it into a brick wall or anything, but yeah, I'm in. All right. What about LCR panning? Explain what that is. So it's only it's only panning things hard left, hard center, hard right, nothing in between. So it's either going to be hundred, zero, or a hundred. I guess, I guess, just as of now. In the in the past, maybe six months, I'm gonna have to turn down. Okay. Cause, and I say that because I was like pretty strong on it mm-hmm. for a while, uh, but just lately, you know, there's nothing wrong with forty. Yeah. Nothing- <laughs> yeah. But so it's kind of for me, it's it's L forty C R forty R. Yeah. <laughs> those are kind of the doesn't, only doesn't, five. Doesn't roll off the tongue. Is, is no, it doesn't have a very good ring to it. But those are kind of the only places that I that I pan stuff. Um, it just it cleans it up. That's kind of I don't know. That's how I like to 
listen to things. But also, like, my drum submix I bring into 80, but then my all my toms and stuff are panned hard in my right. hat. So, anyway, I'll, I'll turn it down for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to infinity. I'm going just, you know, yeah, a good bit down. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to turn it down, too. It's things like the hi-hat. I, I don't. I don't like a hi hat hard panned. Mm. Uh, I like if you're sitting at a drum kit, the hi hat isn't all the way to your right or to your left. It's right. you know it's at about forty or twenty five yep. or whatever it is. Um, I also like doing things like if you've got a stereo spread on like a virtual instrument, piano, synth or something like that, painting like one side to like twenty five percent, and so that'll throw the whole image like a little bit to the right or yeah. left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In for something like that, if you're balancing it on the other side with another, like a synth or something like that, that's a different sound. Mm-hmm. I'd say, I like the way that that will spread it between the image. Yeah. Um, and and I, in general, there are some guitar parts, especially like if you're talking about a verse, um, you know, like a like a rhythm guitar part in the yeah. verse, it doesn't need to be all the way right and left, because the chorus is going to be all the way right and left, and mm-hmm. it's, that's going to widen it out. So yeah. bring it in a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to turn it down. Okay. Fair enough. Off the wall. Chorus as an effect. Where are you at? Turn it up. (laughs) (laughs) Turn it up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Any explanation or just so we'll I used move to on. I used to hate chorus. Yeah, I, used, I, just, I know this about you. In general, I used to hate any non-dry guitar. I didn't like reverb. Mm-hmm. I didn't like chorus. Uh, delay was really the only thing that I would use yeah. to get those effects. Um, but I, I've started being okay with chorus in small amounts. Okay, especially if it's in a like a chorus in a in a delay or a chorus yeah. in a reverb. Yeah, I really like those. But listening to guys like. Um, Ryan Adams or whatever and the way he has his clean guitar with like it's a heavy reverb on it and it's got some chorus and it sounds really good it's lush exactly but yeah. it doesn't sound like um, I don't know some 80s shred 80s. metal like ballad you, you know that's that's why I, I can't handle that right but I, I do I do think a little modulation is good it can be a cool thing on vocals mm-hmm. you know it can be a cool thing on on keys uh, like a like a electric a Rhodes type keyboard or something yeah. like that I mean, definitely if you're going for like a uh, Peter Cetera power ballad, <laughs> you know. Total. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, chorus. Yeah, we're turning that up. I uh, The good old Andy Wallace bass chorus yeah. effect. It's awesome. Just bring it in for the chorus of the song. Sure. Is that uh, why just... it's called that? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> what came first, the chorus or the chorus? Yeah. The chorus. Yeah. Um. Yeah, flanger, phaser. Yeah, I'll I'll turn those down. Chorus. Uh yeah. chorus I'll I'll keep. Uh, I think they're yeah, it just adds a little bit. Background vocal, same kind of thing. Like Absolutely. Just, Spread them just out. Gives, it yeah. kind of blends easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, f- uh flanger is something I've never found a good use for. Phaser no. can be cool if you're a funk player or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you can definitely yeah. get that going. Yeah. Um All right. Um something that would be dear to your heart based on our conversation earlier today, mixing with a sub. <laughs> yes. Turn it up. Uh I have a sub. 
recently got a sub, and I love it. Um, I have six-inch monitors, and they just they're great for mixing. But you know, there's so so much with pop stuff. They're just that like a sub synth and the 808s and all that kind of stuff. Just for reference, just having it in there just enough. It's fun to listen to and crank the sub, but also usually I'm just going to have it low just so you can really hear what's going on in those low things. I think it's it's not completely necessary, but it helps. And it's a tool, and I think use it sparingly, and, and uh, I think it's a good thing. So I don't have one. Right. I'm not necessarily opposed to it. But I do have some concerns on how I would use it right. <laughs> and if it would actually help me be better or worse. <laughs> so I'll turn it down only because I'm not experienced with it. Fair enough. I like the, I like the theory both ways. I, I think if you're mixing for, for some with a sub, it almost seems like you're mixing for people who have a sub. Yeah. And that's certainly not most people. Yeah. But it probably is a lot of people with cars, you know, yeah. where yeah. they listen to a majority of their music, so. Totally. Who knows? Uh, mixing in mono. What do you think about mono? So I, I used to never do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn down, but I'll explain that I think that it has more application now than it used to. Right. I think the old, like adage of make sure all your mixes work in mono, was about phase and making sure all the phase stuff works. Right. Um, and that's I guess not a bad idea, but I mean most people I'd say listen on earbuds. You mm-hmm. know, or in a car, in a situation where it's not going to matter. I mean, like, if you're in the, the like, a supermarket or, or Walmart or somewhere, it, those are mono mixes of that. But, like, right. how how critically right, can you not. hear that? I, I just didn't think it mattered. Nowadays, I think the uh, boom of, like, single speaker Bluetooth speakers yep. has made it a little bit more appropriate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still don't do it. It's, so, turn it down. Yeah, turn it down. Never. <laughs> I don't reference. I hate it. I'm never going to listen to it in mono, so I don't care. Like, And if any of that stuff, the Bluetooth speakers and, you know, I have a, a UE boom. I think those sound great, but mm-hmm. it's like your important stuff's up the middle anyways. And exactly. Whatever. So, no, no no mono for me. I do think checking, checking <clears throat> on a Bluetooth speaker is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily checking your mix in mono, but play it on that speaker and see what's translating that can be a good way to see if your bass kick snare vocal you know like that that hierarchy of stuff is in the right spot yeah i guess i don't really reference anymore all that much well not all of us are as good as you eric (laughs) (laughs) not what i meant i just don't do it every once in a while there's that song you know check it in the truck but for the most part it's just like sure i'll let someone else my uh my left tweeter and the dash in my car went out so (laughs) All I get everything sounds like it's to the right. I can't remember. <laughs> um, all right, more than two toms. <laughs> more than two toms, I turn down. Yeah, we, we can't do it with two toms. Pick another part or so, another drummer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that drums are probably at least fifty percent cosmetic. Like the visual of it matters totally. at least fifty percent as much as the the yeah. playing. And more than two toms is stupid. There you go. If you're gonna do two floor toms. And one rack, Tom, you can you can talk me into that. Okay. but Just because you love Dave Grohl. Or Bonham or any of those guys. Two rack <laughs> yeah. toms, like what are, what are we doing here? Any any tom that's higher than doom, <laughs> <laughs> throw it in the trash. <laughs> like a, immediately, yesterday, throw it away. <laughs> All 
All right, we're both turning that down. <laughs> All the way <laughs> down. Kidding, that one's know. muted. Yeah. It's deleted from the session. <laughs> it's gone. Uh, what do we got here? Cables. Expensive cables. Hot take. I'm going to turn them up. Sure. With a caveat, because that's what I said we're not going to do. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> I'm going to break my one rule right now. I think expensive guitar table. <clears throat> excuse me. Mm-hmm. I think expensive guitar cables make a huge difference. Yeah. There's all sorts of stuff with capacitance uh, on a low impedance cable that is audible. You know, if you've yep. got a cable that has high capacitance, it's not a very good. It's a cheap cable. You're going to lose high end when you have a cable longer than ten feet. And when you're a guitar player with a pedal board, even if you have a five foot cable going to the pedal board and a five foot going to the amp, you've probably still got another ten feet of patch cables. Yeah. You know, on, on your board. Um, and if if you don't have a buffer and all that kind of stuff that, you know, makes a difference there, you're you're gonna have high end roll off. You can make a case some people probably prefer that sound. I would in general probably prefer to keep the tone pure and then make adjustments with amp EQ or something yeah. like that. So the caveat is that I'm not sure that low impedance cables like um, uh, microphone cables, I'm not sure I can hear the difference. I, I'm, I'm sure it makes some difference. You got quality connectors. In general, I think that there's probably some low price point that like, you don't want right. to get below a certain level and have cables that are going to fall apart on you, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure I can hear the difference between like a brass and a gold you know, yeah, connector. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it up because uh, I don't know anything about guitar cables. <laughs> uh, but when I switched out all my studio cabling to nice Ogami quad cable mm-hmm. or above, okay, um, huge difference. Like so you, it, you it heard, really what it, was that? Was it clarity or it was absolute clarity? Okay. Um, it 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 sounded like the difference between going from my 002 to my Links Aurora. Okay. Like the way it just opened up, not the stereo imaging and like the depth yeah, yeah. as much as just like the clarity that came through. Um, so I have really high quality um, to my speakers, really high, like above Mogami Quad. Right. Um, but I think as a, or Redco, any quad cable, you know, Redco makes great yeah, yeah. cables as well. Mm-hmm. But um, I do, I think it's important. If, like you said, like, t- you get up to a certain point that it's good enough. Sure. Below that, you just don't want to mess with. Um, so yeah, get some get some good stuff. If if you're doing critical listening, if you're trying to do it and it's your profession, do it. Spend the money. All right. You won't regret it. Last one. Live music bonus. Oh. In ears. Turn it up. As a player and as a very seldom live engineer, mm-hmm. uh, because I don't do it all the time, it makes my job as an engineer a lot easier if uh, if the sound coming off the stage is, you know, not so ear-bleeding, piercing loud. Um, playing with in-ears isn't, you know, it's less inspiring to me, to me, but I still say, turn it up. So I have some custom-molded dual-driver yeah. in-ears, and they sound amazing. And I'm going to turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I play with them because I have to. I play mm-hmm. live most of the time. We're in a situation where I'm using tracks yeah. and click tracks and backing tracks and all that. And you, you just don't have any other option. Mm-hmm. 
but the disconnect between you and the rest of the band yeah and especially like the drums the disconnect between you and the audience i just hate that i yeah. I, I wish that well just you and your amp yeah i want to hear that and my amp's in a closet sound. behind right. stage right now i can't you know i can't even feel it much yeah. less hear it and i get it i get it from a sound engineer's perspective <laughs> i get it but the whole the whole argument is I can't turn it up anymore. It's too loud. Well, then just leave it where it is. Yeah, it sounds like it's great. <laughs> that means I'm doing it correct, sir. Thank you for the compliment. As long as it's not louder than the drums, we're good, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, so I, I definitely get that. But from a performance standpoint, I I really miss the I guess quote unquote old days. Totally. Of just being able to hear the rest of the band, and feel it and get inspired. I mean, you play differently. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if if you you sort of lose dynamics or lose your place. I, I, I find a lot of times what I'll do is I'll be rolling my volume back. I'm, I'm doing my hand like you can tell that I'm doing a volume pedal. Um, I'll roll my You're volume. you doing your best Santana. Yeah. Constant. Um, I'll roll it back because I feel like I'm so loud, you know, for a part that's supposed to be quiet. Yeah. But it, the mix in my headphones is completely different than the mix, right? you know, in the room. That and it's sense. just so hard to get that, even though you know it, it's so hard to remember that mm -hmm. in the moment. And if you're not in in-ears if you've got monitors and you can hear the rest of the band then you've got a really good idea of your of how loud and quiet you need to be in certain parts you yep. know so it, it in case i'm getting used to so i'm gonna i'm gonna turn it down because i'm old it's more fun to play that it way but yeah. I, i'm coming at it more of an engineer but no i i get that for sure a fun story my a buddy of mine uh was playing guitar for a well-known country act but he was just doing a couple dates just for fun because he was going to produce the record and wanted to hear it so he's like i'll just go out and play with you for a couple weeks he brings in, he is not an in-ears guy. He's a very just like old school, here's my compressor, here's my overdrive, there's my amp, here's my guitar. Sure. No pedal, just nothing. And the <laughs> the engineer, front of house, like hated him. The monitors guy hated him, all this kind of stuff, because he was the only one not on in-ears. He said within like four shows, the whole band threw away their in-ears. Probably <laughs> right. didn't throw them away, but it was they were gone. Yeah. And he was like, all of a sudden, the band started jamming and having a good time. So, you know, there's a they make, little reason not. They not make, um, I think it's um, West Tone. Makes, yeah. Uh, in-ears called ambient in-ears mm. that have uh, like a passive, like you can hear what's outside your in-ears a little cool. bit. Yeah, I they're so expensive that it's like I don't know why I would spend this much money to try just for a whole like a hole drilled into it. That's well, all you're giving me. Well, yeah, I mean it's like you know four or five hundred dollars, and it's like I might hate these. You can't return, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I can imagine that that I mean it sounds like a great idea. Yeah, it's from good, an audience feedback standpoint, you know, it's hard to know if people are into your stuff or not if you can't hear them. Yeah. You know, looking at them. Yeah. Give they seem like they seem like they're paying Give me attention. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we all know that as musicians, the only reason we're doing it is for because we weren't loved enough as kids or whatever. <laughs> we need we need that affirmation. Scary close, Donald <laughs> no. Miller. Read the book. Yeah. So that's what we got. We just had a little fun. We thought it's a, a, a fun thing to do. Uh, we're probably going to implement that into other episodes. Maybe just do a segment, yeah. turn up, turn down. I just think it's fun to not agree on everything all the time and um, get some real perspective on some a bunch of different topics yeah if you um jump on our instagram page you know let us know what you whether you turn up or turn down these topics <laughs> or the podcast hopefully <laughs> hopefully you're turning it up <laughs> so thank you for listening check back in two weeks for the next episode boom <laughs>